jealous Yeah.
Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. 
dead in the graveyard Raising the dead in the graveyard Destroying the works of the enemy Destroying the works of the enemy raising us and making us new. All old things have passed. Old things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the Now have a 
Jesus. All morning long, God's just been putting this thought in my in my spirit that we this morning, we are in the freedom zone. Yeah. <laughs> we are in the freedom zone. 
and what, at whatever level of freedom that you want to walk in, you can. Uh, now get, get a hold of that. Get a hold of that. It's, it's not dependent upon the Father. The Father has done everything. It, it is an atmosphere, a zone that we are in this morning because He is here that it is up to you and up to me is how much freedom do I want to walk in? How much victory do I want to have today in my life? Because he has promised us, promised us full freedom, full victory. And the only one that is hindering us is us. You know, we can blame it on the devil, but I will tell you, it really comes down to your choice. You know, if you're in a place where you feel like, man, I'm just under something today, well, you have the freedom to walk out from that. Nothing's holding you. Nothing's tethering you to that point, tying you down to that point. You have the freedom to say, I don't want to, I don't want to stay there anymore. I, don't want, I want to walk out from that place. And I want to walk in to the fullest measure of freedom that God has for me. Now, freedom is more than just kind of going crazy and dancing. That's, that's, that's a celebration of the freedom, right? It's a celebration. But the freedom is reality that all the junk and all the wounding and all the thing, the chains and the ropes that hold us back, that we have been freed from it all. And if you could see in the Spirit what God sees and He doesn't understand why you just say, Lord, I am just, I, I, God, I, I can't move from here. I can't be anything else. I can't do this when he knows that everything has been sliced away from you. There is nothing holding you in the place that you think in your mind that you are. It has been totally, you have been totally made into a place of freedom. So I just, I just want, I want to pray for us. But I just want you to, how many of you are ready to, to take a step into that freedom zone? Amen? Take a step into that freedom zone. So wherever you are, if you want to get out in the aisles or whatever, you know, wherever you can take a step. Sometimes it's funny how if we just, we just physically do something and we say, okay, I am taking that step. And that step is a step of faith. It's a step, it's the intention of my heart. It's the intention of my will this morning. It's the intention of the purpose of my, of my life. I am not going to remain where I'm at. I am not going to say that this identifies me. This is who I am. This is the person that I am. I'm not going to do that because I have been set free in Christ. I have my victory in Christ. And I am stepping out today. So when I, when I count to three, I want us to take a step and I want us to come into a shout of victory this morning. And then as we take that step, I mean, we celebrate the freedom that we have in God. So you ready this morning? You ready? Okay, one, two, three. Take that step and celebrate. Thank you, Lord.
Greet someone, okay? Say hello to someone this morning. Give them a big hug. Bless them this morning. You think you are dismissed to go to your class this morning? Our youth ministry today, you're dismissed this morning to go? All right, make sure you uh, tell that very important person near you how amazing they are this morning, okay? We need to be reminded, don't we, how amazing we are in Christ. Thank you. I am amazing, eh? (laughs) Everybody say, I am amazing. That is true. In God, you are incredible, amazing, hallelujah. All right. Well, welcome once again. Uh, uh, it's better to be in here than outside in the freezing rain. Uh, I don't know if it's, it looks like we're getting some, some rain out there right now. So praise God. Thank you for showing up this morning, being with us. I know it's one of those mornings uh, people are not quite sure what to do. But thank you for being here this morning. I'm glad that you're here. I believe that you're going to be blessed. I believe you have already been blessed. Hallelujah. If this is your very first time with us at Harvest Renewal Church, we are so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Doug, and just welcome you this morning. And uh, thrilled that you're with us. And we want to know, want everybody to know who you are. And, um, and so that somebody will invite you out to dinner today. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Praise God. And so, uh, well, we have, a, <laughs> I 
Manuel said, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, come on. All right. Uh, we want to, uh, we have a special gift for you this morning if you're a guest of ours. And so if you are, put your hand up. It's your first time with us. Uh, put your hand up high. We've got several guests here this morning. Amen. So glad. Keep them up if you would. Keep your hands up high until you get. Uh, we got we got several up here. Uh, we have a, a gift bag for you. It's got a little bit of information in there about the church. And uh, are we run out of bags this morning already? We got more back there? Okay. There we go. All right. If you are missing out on a bag, what that means is that you've got to come back. All right, you got to come back next week and get a bag because in the bag we got a fresh loaf of bread that is just amazing, and uh, we never know exactly how much to have, and so we ran a little bit uh, low here on this morning, so we apologize for that, and uh, but we'll do better next week. Hallelujah! But you got to come back next week. I hear the the forecast is sunshine and in the fifties. Hallelujah! But. In this bag, you'll find uh, some information, loaf of great bread there for you, and there's a white card in there that we're asking if you would to fill that out for us right now and uh, take a few minutes, and if you'll fill that out, put your information down. We just want to know where you're from, and, uh, <clears throat> and just uh, if you have any questions about our church or want to be contacted in some way on the flip side of that card on the back part, you can check the appropriate boxes there. I'm wanting to know a little bit more about some ministries of the church that we have here. We have a lot of things going on that is serving uh, families and serving the community. So we want you to be a part of that and be aware of that also. But we are glad that you're here. Aren't we glad that they're here this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A couple of quick announcements here uh, before Jay comes up here and and gives us a uh, offering sermon, and uh, <laughs> but a couple of things. How many of you know what next Sunday is? Anybody have a clue? What next Sunday? Daylight savings time. Whoa! And I am so glad to get a little bit more sunshine, but we do lose an hour of sleep. So remember, you spring your clocks, you spring, spring forward, fall back. So next Sunday. Uh, or next Saturday night, set your clocks ahead an hour. Uh, we'll send out notices to remind you, and but uh, <clears throat> set your your clocks ahead. Uh, if you don't, you'll actually be on time for church, possibly. And uh, no, most of you guys are do you do a great job. You, know, you get here for Sunday school. I tell you, if you miss Sunday school this morning, Ron Ruth, where's Ron at? Is he in here, buddy? That was excellent. So good. This man is a an amazing teacher, and uh, I want to encourage you. He'll be he, he'll be around next week also. Uh, he's coming back for an extended engagement, and uh, he'll be teaching next week in our Sunday school, which is over in our office area, right on uh, uh, Schaefer Street here. And uh, at nine o'clock, please come out for that. But your your teaching was amazing this morning, buddy. Great job. Thank you for all the time you put into it. Uh, Ron is a, is an absolutely amazing teacher. We are so blessed in our church with the gifts. I tell you, I'm, I'm just the gifting of teaching and 
and uh, so many other things. And so uh, we're, we're blessed with that. We really are. But next Sunday is Daylight Savings Time, so please remember that. We will send out reminders about that also. I think this week that we've got everything planned with our healing rooms and Monday night prayer night with uh, also with the healing rooms and stuff. How are the healing rooms going, guys? Going great. Praise God. Bob and Betsy head up our healing rooms. They do an amazing job. Praise God. Also, uh, we, we, we shared this with you in the bulletin. Uh, you'll find a couple of things. But there is a man's gathering next Saturday that you need to be a part of. We're going to have a blast together, being together. We're going to be watching an incredible video by Danny Silk on manhood. You don't want to miss that. That's an amazing teaching that we, that we heard in the School of Ministry on Tuesday nights uh, a couple months back. And um, you don't want to miss that. You really don't. So, men, um, we've got our sign-up sheets here again this morning. If you did not sign up last week for this event, men, of wanting to come out, we're going to have some, some food and things like that, uh, and, but just a great time of being together. Please put your name down and, and, and contact information so we can uh, contact you. If you signed up last week, uh, uh, you don't need to do it this week. Uh, do you know where the pen went to this? If you need a ride, like if you're a college student or something like that, or, or Marty or anybody, if you need a ride, please let Steve know. Steve, put your hand up right here, the man in the purple shirt. <coughs> yeah, we'll, <coughs> we'll take care of that, arrange that for you. Praise the Lord. I think that's all of our announcements, Gloria. I want to let you know, just remind you that we are now live streaming the services and if, so if um, if there's something in the service you just want to watch it again, you can go on our website and hit streaming, and you can watch the, the, the service again. Or if for some reason you are not able to be here on a particular Sunday, uh, you can. I think there may be a little bit of a delay uh, from when it, when it goes out, but... Uh, I know last week, Wayman said there was about a 30-minute delay or something like that. I don't know what it is, but a few-minute delay. Uh, but, you can, but you can almost stream that thing live on Sunday morning. Jay, my friend, come on up here, buddy, and tell us. Receive our offering this morning, okay? okay. Offering time. Offering time. Bless y'all. Let me just approach the Lord. Father God, we just bless you, Lord. We thank you for another day of life, Father God. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, just to hear of your word, Lord. We thank you for the blessings that's just been bestowed upon this place, Father God. And as we just go in your word, we just ask for the Holy Spirit to bring forth light and share forth revelation, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, you know, I was thinking about the tithing, and this is something that, you know, me and Artem was given the liberty to study, you know, and I doing a very unique time of our lives. And um, I was just thinking about some things last week that the Lord had just brought to my remembrance. And um, go with me to um, Hebrews 7, if you will. Hebrews 
All right. It says, um, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all first being the interpretation king of righteousness and after that also the king of Salem, which is the king of peace. Now we know that this is, you know, there is no law at this time. You know, this is, you know, six to 400 years before the law and, you know, Abraham is, you know, given a tenth of his spoil to the, you know, high priest. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is our high priest who makes intercession for us. Now, one of the things I was thinking about is that, you know, in Genesis, the Lord appears before Abraham and he says, I'm your exceeding great and precious reward. And then he makes the covenant with Abraham. And that's when he calls him Abraham and he blesses him. What's so beautiful about this is that we don't give to get blessed. We give because we are blessed. We are pardoned by the blood of Jesus, which now positions us to where we can now appear before God. Now, this is the thing that I want to stress to you is that I approach to the Lord with our offering. Like, like you know, like Rifle always says, don't just pit the money in the bag and just appear before the Lord with your offering. Appear before him. Go through the veil of Jesus' flesh and appear in the place of glory and say, Father, this is, this is my tithe. This is my act of worship. I honor you. I honor Jesus Christ as the high priest whose blood speaks things better than Abel, who makes intercession for me, that when he speaks of me, he says that I'm not guilty, that I'm the righteousness of God, that I'm made right before God. And that's why we get to give. The Lord doesn't care about the money. I'm going to say it again. The Lord doesn't care about the money. Remember, the Bible says that all the gold, the silver, cattle upon a thousand hills is all mine, saith the Lord. It's all his. It's just that the money, because remember, in Timothy, it says what? For the love of money shall what produce the roots of all evil. That means all forms of evil will be expressed for the love of money. But at the same time, the money is the avenue that exposes the condition of the heart of the giver to position him to where he can give more, where the Lord can pour more blessing upon us. So that's what that's that's the mindset that we need when we approach the Father in our tithing. It's an act of worship. He doesn't want the money. He wants all of you. So whatever substance it is that you use to obtain the money, he wants that too. So if you're a doctor and you, you're a skillful doctor, you're a blessed musician, you're, 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 you're a genius in mind and teaching or whatever it is, whatever the gifts or the things that he's placed on inside of us, he wants that in our worship too. So, and that's why we tithe. So the tithers, the, the tithing guys, let's, let's, get the, let's get the bags. Yeah, it's time, time to give our money. Yeah. Yeah, Father, we just thank you once again that we just have the chance to give, Lord, that 
that we're givers, Father God, that we're blessed, Father God, and that you just keep pouring your blessing on us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that the windows of heaven is open upon us, Father God, upon this body corporately, Lord, and we just pray, Father God, that you'll continue to just excel your kingdom, Lord, that we give unto your kingdom, Lord, that we sow into your kingdom, that we may reap your kingdom here on earth, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As the duck. Good job, buddy. Hey, man, that was great. <clears throat> when I grow up, I want to be like Jay Coltrane, I tell you. <laughs> I love the red shoes, man, I tell you. <clears throat> I don't know if I could pull that off, but Jay certainly can, I tell you. Praise God. <laughs> I love you, buddy. That was great. Awesome. Awesome. A few weeks back, uh, we uh, we prayed over, we had our Sunday morning uh, uh, new members, and we had a whole pile of them, praise God. And we prayed over the Gonzalez family and prayed over Manuel that he was heading off into Peru for a time of ministry. And, and I just want, uh, I think it's important when we lay hands upon someone and pray over them, and we as a body are believing with them for just a mighty move of God. I know uh, that whenever I leave uh, to go overseas or Pastor Chip or uh, whatever, we always make sure that you guys pray over us, and uh, it always, uh, the fruit of it is always amazing. And so I know that uh, Manuel had an amazing uh, uh outpouring of God's spirit in Peru. So come up here, buddy. Take a few minutes here and just kind of let everybody know how it went. <laughs> well, um, first of all, we'd just like to thank uh, the local body for their prayers. Um, believe me, those prayers, because we're connected here, you know, we're not an organization, we're an organism, a living organism. So we can feel that anointing over there um, the first night, uh, God really led a powerful move there. Now, it was a sort of like a convention uh, with about 400 churches uh, from Bolivia, Ecuador, and Peru. Um, and uh, the first night, uh, we, we just uh, felt to just talk about how we are the living body of Christ. And um, God just began to move there. The second night it went from 4,000 to about 7,000 people the second night. Second night, um, the, the Spirit of God just started talking about his authority, his, his power over the church. And, um, and the, third, the third day when I was there, something incredible happened. Um, I, I just felt as though like we just needed to empower people to just get out of their seats. And at the same time that this is happening, I get a Facebook message that Pastor Chip had prayed uh, that there would be miracles, signs, and wonders and there was people getting out of their wheelchairs. <laughs> there, there was a lady who, uh, with cancer, all of her hip was eaten out from, from cancer. She could not get up at all. Um, and, uh, you know, I was with another man of God, and we just said, you know what, get out of that wheelchair. And then I, I sat in the wheelchair. I even went bolder, and I said, push me. And we just had her push me all around. She got up, left the wheelchair in the front, just ran to the back. And so God had totally healed her. And 
you know, things like that were happening, and I, I just felt as though that God was connected to what, what you guys were praying here and what everything that was going on over there in Peru. And God just blessed. Uh, the last night, God really just did something, and we just called out all the pastors and ministers to start laying hands on the sick. Uh, there was a lot of liberation, casting out of demons. Things just started happening there. It was a great move and an awakening for that uh, for that body that was there, and God just moved mightily. So I just thank you guys. Continue to pray for us. Uh, we leave in two weeks for Guatemala now. And um, uh, before we left, Pastor Doug had told me, he said, I just feel as though the Lord has got you on a launching pad, and we're busy. So we're, we're on the launching pad now, and we're just taking uh, what, we, what we have here and just taking it out to, to the Hispanics out in South and Central America. So keep praying for us. We love you all. Thank you all for everything that God has placed in this local body. Great, buddy. Hallelujah. How many of you here, you have something in your heart that you want to go on a mission trip sometime? I, I, I really, that's something that, <laughs> please, please. You know, that's something God's really been stirring in my heart. I really believe that we're going to be setting up some opportunities here. Uh, I want to talk with Manuel about it and between Chip and myself and, and some others. Uh, uh, we've got connections all over the world. And uh, where we can go on some trips, and and you can go on a mission trip and go on wheelchair rides yourself, okay? And uh, <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> glory to God. Well, we're going to try to finish out this sermon this week. I think we have a better chance this week than what we did last week. Got started, but. Uh, uh, we had such a wonderful service last week. Only had a little bit of time to to preach and share, but I think we got we can we can knock it out this week, amen. And uh, uh, we're talking about encouragement for a lifetime. Um, if there is something that I recognize that is needed daily, <clears throat> is encouragement. Um, that's why it says in the book of Hebrews. Uh, it talks about the, the 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 writer of Hebrews exhorting people to don't forsake the coming together, being together, and he says encourage each other daily. And I, I think I shared with you last week. I believe one of the most powerful ministries that you can have is not wheelchair rides or anything like that, <laughs> but it's the ministry of encouragement. Because I don't know anybody that doesn't need encouragement. I don't know anybody. Uh, I know yesterday I had a situation and uh, of a young man that was in desperate need of encouragement and uh, was able to go and spend some time with him and uh, just there was <clears throat> just just a desperate moment for a breakthrough in God and and I know that as we as I ministered to him and we prayed together uh, there was amazing breakthrough and. You know, my whole purpose of being there was that, you know, is, is uh, I prayed, Lord, show me, show me the areas in his life that he desperately needs encouragement. That's all I tried to do is try to, try to, to bring encouragement, the word of the Lord, into areas where he desperately needed encouragement. And it broke through something. Uh, I know that. 
someone else came into the room after we were being together, and she said, she said, she said, I couldn't hardly walk in this room. The environment, the power of God is so strong. And that's what encouragement does. It breaks the power of the enemy. It breaks off the shackles of fear and discouragement in lives. And uh, <clears throat> a couple months ago, I, I read a quote, and Edward, if you've got it, put it up there on the screen here this morning. And uh, I, I'm trying to remember this every morning. And it says that everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. And how powerful that is that we all are people that we meet during the week. Every day, everyone is fighting a battle that we know nothing about. Know nothing about. It's so easy sometimes to slip into the thing of judging people because of their behavior or how they react or whatever. And many times we have no idea that the battles that they are facing and have been battling, how long they've been battling those things. And we're so quick sometimes to be critical, so quick to judge. And, and uh, Lord, forgive us. God, forgive us. Because I want to tell you, kindness is amazing. Kindness and encouragement is amazing. And it will do have far better results than criticism and judgments. And so I, when I heard this, something, it just rooted within me. I'm just, I, I've been praying every day, Lord, help me remember this, the people that I engage every day, no matter where it's at, God, that I have no idea the battle that they're going through right now. So, God, give me opportunity to be kind. Give me opportunity, Lord God, to show forgiveness, to show mercy, to show uh, just the, the love of God. To, to 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 be an encouraging person in their midst. And so last week, just to go back for just a moment, we, we were taking this whole series, or, or this series, <laughs> two-week series, out of the book of Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. It's the amplified version, which I love. It says, Now may our God, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God of, and our God our Father who loved us and gave us everlasting consolation and encouragement. Look at the word everlasting. All right? That means there's not a moment, even a brief second, that this is not true. Amen? That he loved us. His love is everlasting. His consolation and encouragement is everlasting. And it says, in a, a well-founded hope, through his grace and unmerited, which is unmerited favor, comfort, and encourage your hearts and strengthen them, make them steadfast and keep them unswerving in every good work and word. Powerful. Just so powerful. We talked last week. I'm just trying to figure out how, to, how much to go back. I don't want to go back very far. But we talked about last week that the man of the man Josh, Joshua. And Joshua was a strong, courageous man, but he faced a moment in his life that we read about at the end of Deuteronomy, at the beginning of chapter one of Joshua, 
where he is assuming the responsibility because Moses has died. He is assuming the responsibility of the leader of that nation. And, it, and, and they're on the cusp. They're on the edge of their breakthrough. They're on the edge of their promised land. And this man who faced fear before, but yet it never said before that he was ever afraid. I mean, it talks about later that that uh, the uh, when they went into the promised land, Joshua and Caleb were men of a different spirit. If you if you remember when they when they tried initially going to the promised land and and uh, they sent in twelve spies and Joshua and Caleb were were a part of that, and everyone said, we're too small, we're too little, we're too insignificant, uh, they're more powerful, they're greater, they're like giants to us, we're like grasshoppers in their sight, and there were only two men that God said there was a different spirit in them, and they said, listen, we can do it, we can go in there, God is on our side, and we can do it, and the two men were Joshua and Caleb, so this is the same Joshua, 40 years later. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't that he's gotten older and he's gotten kind of, kind of, you know, dementia has set in or something like that, and he's not the same Joshua. You know, the, the Scripture tells us about Joshua and Caleb because of their spirit, because of their trusting in God, that, 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 that they were just as strong in their older, old, older age than what they were in their youth. I'm tell you, I'm claiming that verse. I'm claiming that verse for myself, you know. But there was something about Joshua and Caleb that they, 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 they served a God that, uh, and, and they were like men from another planet, an, another universe. They were unlike everybody else. And, uh, and here at his moment, his moment to shine, Joshua is afraid. And in Joshua chapter 1, God exhorts him four times. Joshua, don't be afraid. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. And that's what fear does. Fear will paralyze you. How many of you have experienced fear in the past? It's like a wave that comes over you. And it's like that all of a sudden your mind goes numb. Everything about you goes numb and you become paralyzed. And that's exactly what fear does. And fear is based upon a lie of the enemy. Every fear, every bit of fear is based upon a lie of the enemy. So if it's a lie of the enemy, then there is a corresponding truth in God. And so the thing is that we've got to remember the truth in God that we so easily forget. It's, it's, It's amazing how we give in to the lies of the enemy and we allow fear to paralyze us. It's what Timothy was facing in 2 Timothy as Paul writes Timothy. And he's saying, Timothy, he says, don't, don't forget what you have on the inside of you. And he says, you have, you have given yourself to fear. And he says, but stir up the gift of God within you. Why was he exhorting Timothy in this way? Because fear had paralyzed Timothy because of his youthfulness, because of his age. Everybody was telling Timothy, you're too young. You're too inexperienced. You don't know enough. You can't lead. You can't be the man of God that you're supposed to be because, you, because you're too young. And he believed the lies of the enemy and became afraid. And Paul is exhorting him, Timothy, son, rise up 
don't give in to the fear. Be strong and of good courage, Timothy. You know, stir up the gift of God within you because it is because it is not meant to be paralyzed. And that's exactly what fear does. And Joshua is on the edge of the thing <laughs> that for 40 years they have been wandering in the desert. And he is eyeshot away from leading the people into an amazing breakthrough. And he is paralyzed with fear. So if Joshua goes through moments like this, we all do. We all do. And we have to know what are we going to do in that moment. <clears throat> encouragement is so necessary for us to learn the skill of encouragement for others, that we can be, be there for others, but for ourselves. Because there are times and there are moments that you will face, you will face the edge of your breakthrough and there is nobody there to encourage you. And so what are you going to do? Are you going to give in? Are you going to back away? Are you going to say, well, I, I guess it was just a, it was just, it was too, it was too grand of a, an idea. It was too much. I, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, it, it would, it will never happen. It will never come about. Or are you going to, at that moment, that moment of definition, that defining moment in your life, are you going to step through? Are you going to face fear with the courage and boldness and encouragement of God and say, listen, you're alive. You are alive. And I know my God. And you're going to break through it. It's your choice. Joshua had to make a choice. And God tells Joshua, he says, listen, Joshua, he says, meditate upon my word. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Let it always be there. You know, don't let it depart from your mouth, Joshua. And he says, and whatever you do in life, I guarantee you that you'll be prosperous and successful. How, how amazing is that? How amazing is that? Of course, I guess that was just for Joshua. You know, probably doesn't apply to us today. And uh, sometimes we think that because that's how we act. We read these amazing things. We go, whoo. Whoa, mm, wasn't that good? Wow, wow, wow. I bet Jake could preach that. That was really good, you know. And we get excited about the Word of God, but yet we're afraid that it may not quite work the same in our own lives. And the Word of God works the same in all of our lives. Once again, is that it's your choice. Are you, are you desiring for the Word of God to work in your life? It will work. It will work. There are two things that the enemy, I find that the enemy uses primarily. is fear and discouragement. If we know the word encouragement means to add courage, the word discouragement means to strip away courage, is to remove it. The thing about the difference between fear and discouragement, fear seems to come like a wave in a moment. We get slapped with it. It's like on a hot summer day when you step outside in humidity, just kind of slapped you in the face. You ever had those moments? I grew up in South Carolina, and South Carolina, especially the center part of South Carolina, is a very humid place. It's like everything sucks down to the center of South Carolina in Columbia there. And I remember days I would walk out, and growing up, the way I earned money was that I, I, I mowed lawns, which I hated to do. 
And, uh, but I would remember I would have to step out and, and the humidity would be so strong to slap you in the face. Well, that's what, kind of like what fear does. But I'm going to tell you, discouragement is a subtle thing. And the enemy knows that. And he knows that hope deferred makes the heart sick, as it says in Proverbs 13. Something happens when he can strip away little by little hope, little by little the call of God. Strip it away. It's like an IV drip, drop by drop. It, it, it begins to take away our courage, our hope, our joy. It removes it, our boldness, our confidence. It cuts it away slowly. And the enemy does that. It's one little thing, then another, then another, and he introduces the lies. It will never happen. You're wasting your time. The thing of discouragement manifests itself usually in four different ways. One is the lie, once again, it's the lies of the enemy that it will never happen. How many of you have ever entertained those lies? <laughs> I mean, if you've ever done anything in God, you have, you have encountered those lies. It will never happen. It will never happen. The closer that you get, it seems like, the stronger, the louder those words are. Coming to the edge of your breakthrough, it will never happen. It's a lie of the enemy. Everything is a lie of the enemy. Accusation, condemnation is another way that discouragement manifests, especially when we begin to doubt. When we, go, we begin to go, well, I, I guess maybe it's, it, it works for this person, that person, that person. I guess it just doesn't work for me. And then all of a sudden, the enemy begins to load you with accusation and condemnation of saying, you know, now, now look, look at who you are, you know, mighty Christian. You know, you're nothing. You're nothing. You're a disappointment to God. You know, you're a disappointment to your brothers and sisters. Might as well just quit going to church. You know, they, everybody knows. Everybody knows that, you, that you're failing. Everybody knows that you're a joke. You, you, you ever had those, those, those lies come to you? I mean, you know, we all have, haven't we? You know, many times I, I, I find people that, that, that don't come to church. It's not because... They have something else to do, but they have just lost hope. They have been so discouraged, and they feel like that everybody must be judging them. Everybody must be knowing what's going on inside. We don't have a clue. I just want to let you know. You know, if that's you this morning, we don't have a clue what's going on inside of you. So don't think that. You know, it's, it's amazing. People think, you know, because of what they're going through, they, well, everybody's judging me. No, no, we're, we're not that smart. We really aren't. Okay, we're just not that smart, all right? We don't know. We don't know. And, uh, but, the, but the lies of the enemy sure is strong. Accusation, condemnation. Another way discouragement manifests is that, that the journey, your, your, your journey to your promise is not unfolding the way that you thought it would. It's not unfolding. It's not happening the way in your mind and expectation of what you thought it was going to Surely it's going to happen this way. You know, we get a word from the Lord. We get a prophetic word or whatever. And, all, and automatically, we all do this. We, we attach in our minds how it's going to probably happen. And, but I, and one thing I found, it very rarely ever happens the way I think it's going to happen. 
You ever experienced that? You know, very rarely it's like, well, God, thank you so much for the word, and I think you're going to do it this way. And God says, think again. Think again, because it's not going to happen that way. You know, but it, it, it's during that journey that we're on that it just, it's not unfolding the way we thought it would unfold. And so we, uh, we become discouraged. We become that we want to give up. Or the timing is just delayed. You know, there are words that have been spoken over my life. Gosh, 30 years ago that are just now coming about today. There are certain things that, that if, I, if I thought it was going to happen tomorrow, boy, I would get discouraged. But the timing of the Lord is delayed. Now, to God, it's not delayed at all, is it? <laughs> Think about it. To God, it's like, man, I am right on time. I am right on time. But to us, it seems to be delayed. But all of those things, whatever they may be, they're all, they, they, they come out of root of a, of a lie of the enemy. And we all battle those things. And usually I have found when you're stepping into something new in life, in God, or you're getting ready to break through, it seems like that that's when the enemy takes out his arsenal and tries to hit you with everything he possibly can. And that's exactly what he did with Joshua. It's exactly what he did with Joshua. You know, there's no doubt that Joshua was an extraordinary man. Extraordinary man. But yet, the enemy somehow reduced him to a place of a man that was gripped with fear. And God had to walk him through that. The beautiful thing about it is that no matter where you're at, God walks you through. Isn't that wonderful? No matter where you're at, no matter if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I've never been more discouraged than what I am right now. Well, I, I have good news. He's going to walk you through. He's going to walk you through. He's there with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will walk you through. Or you say, Pastor, something happened this week and I am just gripped with fear, the fear of this happening or that happening or this won't happen or whatever. And I will just tell you, he's there with you. He's there with you. He's the God, it says, of eternal encouragement, everlasting encouragement. Why do you think that God is a God of everlasting encouragement? Because we need encouragement every day. We need it. We need it. And so that's the reason why your ministry to someone else of an encouraging word of saying, listen, man, I believe in you. You're going to make it. I know you're struggling right now, but, man, it is just temporary. You're going to make it. You're going to bust through on the other side, and you're going to have a testimony. And you're going you're to be able to share with everyone else, this is what God did. Let me tell you what God did in my life. That's going to happen for you. It's going to happen for you. And we all need those words of encouragement. I want to give you an example here this morning of a man that the Bible characterizes him as a man that was unlike any other man apart from Christ himself in history. God said this man 
his heart toward him was unlike any other man that ever had ever lived. His name was David. And David was, an, once again, an extraordinary man. We all know the story of David. We all know the story that David uh, defeats Goliath. David is brought into the king uh, to be with the king. Uh, before that time, it was prophesied over David that David one day would be the king. Saul was the present king, but one day that David would be the king because Saul had, had turned, turned away from the Lord and disobeyed God. And so we all know the story. Saul becomes jealous of David because of the exploits of David. The, the hand of God was upon David like no other. David loved God like no other. And for the, for the next so many years of his life, David was hiding because Saul was trying to kill him. And it's during this moment, during these years, from place to place, and David had several opportunities where he could have killed Saul, <coughs> but he honored authority. Even if the authority was wrong, he honored it, kept his heart right, and uh, refused to do it. But here's David, and David, David had brought to himself an extraordinary band of men and families to himself. I love it. It talks about, in the Bible, it talks about these people that came to David, and it talks about everyone who was in debt and everyone that was depressed and everyone that was in destitute came to David. And I thought, well, hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? You know, it's like starting a church, and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was in destitute and everyone that's depressed came to your church. You know, and that's your congregation, you know. But the life of David, <laughs> the life of David, his heart was toward God was so extraordinary uh, simply because he loved him that, uh, that anybody that got around David became a different person. And these men became the mighty men of David, mighty men of David. It talk, I mean, the, it, it, and if you go through, uh, I think in the book of Samuel and in the, book, the Chronicles and stuff like that, you'll find they'll have listed the exploits of these mighty men and, 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 and what they could do, just extraordinary, what they could do. They were like, they were like a superhuman race. They were like the, the, the League of Champions, you know. They were the Supermans and the Batmans and the, and, and the Spidermans of their day type thing. They were extraordinary. They really were. And here they are, and, and it says that this is a moment in David's life, and what David doesn't know, and that David is waiting, trusting God for that moment where he is going to step into his promised land of being king over Israel. And what David doesn't know is that he is so very, very close. It doesn't seem to be apparent at all. He's hiding. He's still, you know, he's, he's living in a little town called Ziglag. And uh, and but he he goes out and he and he and he's, he stays you know he stays you know uh, um, what's the word uh, he's on the go all the time so they can't they can't find him basically and so um, he stays mobile stays mobile okay and so so David's out and with his mighty men and they're doing things and they and they come back to Ziglag and the Amalekites had come in and and, and uh, I want you to turn if you would to this is a scene is in 1 Samuel 
chapter 30. I don't believe that it's up on the screen. So I'll just read it to you if I can pull it up here. Here we go. This, this, is the, this is the situation that David finds himself in. It says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag, attacked Ziglag, burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Can you imagine coming upon that scene? Can you imagine what happened to their hearts? And it says in verse 4, Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. I mean, that's pretty strong crying, isn't it? When you've cried out and you have no power to cry anymore. Because you feel so devastated. You feel so robbed in your heart and in your life. And it goes on and talks about David's wives that were taken. They had also been taken captive. Now in verse 6 it says, Now David was greatly distressed. So David, the mighty man, David, the man like no others, the man that has influenced all these other mighty men, now David is at his moment. You will, we all will have a moment, probably many times in life, that is your moment of distress. That the moment that you're no longer on the mountaintop, it doesn't feel like. But we will all have those moments. What are we going to do? It's those moments that define your life. How many of you know? You go back in life, it's not, it's not been the mountaintops that has defined my life, but it's been the valleys. It's what I have done in the valleys. It's what I, how I've responded to the Lord in the valleys, in the moments of distress, in the moments of fear, in the moments of failure, where I so totally blew it, and I didn't want to get back up again. <laughs> Those moments where I, where I got up on a Sunday morning I pre- and I thought it was by far the worst message I could ever possibly preach, you know, and I begin to doubt every ability that I ever had. And next Sunday I've got to preach again. And how do you get back up? You know, how do you get back up? And those moments all hit us in life no matter where we're at. They all hit us in life. And if, if you're walking out the purposes of God and you're walking out the ways of God, you're going to face those defining moments in life where the enemy has come to your zigzag and he has, he has pillaged and raped your zigzag and he has taken everything. And it seems like every dream you've ever had and every hope that you ever had is, is shattered right before you. And if you haven't faced them, those moments, I guarantee you, you will face those moments. And it's in those moments where you seem to be in your loneliest place, most vulnerable place, what do you do? What does the man of God do? What does David do at that moment? And it says that David was greatly distressed. And not only was he greatly distressed, but the people, his men, his loyal, mighty men spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved 
and every man for his son and his daughters. But it goes on, but David somehow, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David is faced with a moment, a defining moment in his life. And David, <clears throat> David steps into a different moment because he had prepared himself. When you're at that moment where you are paralyzed with fear and discouragement, your ability to step out of that, like we said this morning, stepping out of that into your zone of freedom is totally contingent upon what you have done to prepare yourself for this moment. It's what you have done during the times that everything was going great. During the times, man, it was celebration time. During the times that you were encouraged and blessed and, and all of those things, but it's in this moment, what are you going to do? And David, because he had prepared himself, knew exactly what to do. And it says that David encourages himself in the Lord, strengthens himself in the Lord, and when he does, after he was encouraged in God, he inquired of the Lord, got God's direction, went after the enemy, plundered the enemy, and then literally weeks later steps into his destiny. David was so close to his destiny, and it was sort of like the last moment where the enemy just threw everything he had. He threw the kitchen sink at David. You ever had the kitchen sink thrown at you? <laughs> it hurts, doesn't it? Many times when you get the kitchen sink thrown at you, you're at your edge of breakthrough. I guarantee you. You're at your edge of breakthrough. The thing about the, the edge of breakthrough is that it's not very well defined. We don't, we, we, there's not a line saying edge of breakthrough. You know, just step over it. It's all you got to do. Step over it. It's not defined that way in God. You know, it's just as we continue to trust and we continue to, to walk this thing out, it's just all of a sudden you realize, I have just now stepped into a different moment. I have just now stepped into an opportunity. I've stepped into a new place, a new anointing, a new place of resource and whatever it may be. And that's exactly what David does. And it's important to see here that um, if you'll go on, uh, there's a couple other slides here. Keep, keep going, Edward. Keep going. Wake up. Keep going, buddy. We've gone past this one. Okay, hold it there. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I want to read this to, it, to you. He says, at the moment of your destiny, your moment of fulfillment of your promise, the enemy will always try to come and break you before you can break through. Read that again. At your moment of destiny, your moment of fulfill the, the fulfillment of your promise, the enemy will always try to come and break you before you can break through. How true that is. David's progression to breakthrough is he encourages himself first, foremost, 
He encourages himself. Then he seeks God's direction. He defeats the enemy and steps into his destiny. Now, the thing about it is that if you mess up any of those steps, it's not going to work. Many times we, we try to seek God's direction before we encourage ourselves. Many times we try to step into our destiny before we encourage ourselves. You've got to know how to encourage yourself. The skill of encouragement, you've got to learn that. Every person must learn how, when you have no one there to encourage you, what are you going to do? When you're at that moment and the praise team is not there, you know, leading you into worship, and you're not there and Pastor Rifle's just preaching this amazing word, whatever, what are you going to do? I want to share with you here as we close here this morning how to encourage yourself. <clears throat> there are four steps. I was going to say simple steps, but it takes a lot of effort, I'll tell you that. Okay? How do you encourage yourself? How did David encourage himself? One is that at that point where fear and discouragement has flooded into your soul, Nothing makes sense. You ever been in those moments? Is that you, you? You cannot get control of your mind. It seems like that, that you can't think through very well. And the first thing that you've got to do is that you've got to take control of your emotions and your mindset. Because you are a spirit person and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that you have the ability to speak to your mind, your emotions, your will, your body, and have control over it. You are supposed to function as a spirit person. Amen? Your spirit is supposed to lead you into what you do. And it's in those moments that you have got to say, stop. Stop thinking this way. Stop letting fear and discouragement. You've got to take control. And there's two a couple of great verses here. One is found in Psalm 42. Edward? Is it there? Huh? It should be there right after this slide. It should be the next slide. There you go. Okay. Psalms 42 says this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now, let me tell you, when David writes, wrote this at Psalm 42, the history of this psalm was one of David's lowest moments. Now, how many of you think that David is saying, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? You think that's David's attitude? No, I'm sure David is saying, soul, <laughs> he's getting control of his soul, and he's commanding his soul. He says, soul, you are cast down right now. You're not supposed to be. Soul, you are disquieted on the inside. You're not supposed to be because I am supposed to hope in God for I will 
yet praise him, for he is the help of his countenance. He is the help. He is my help. He goes on and says, Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mazar. He goes back and he says, So remember the things of God. Remember the good things of God. Remember the breakthroughs in God. He is taking control. He is, he is actively stepping into the renewing of his mind. That's why it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 or verse 2, listen, if you renew your mind, you will prove to know the will of God. That's so powerful. You know, we sometimes we allow our minds to control us and what we're feeling on the inside. But you have been designed, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit of God to have a spirit that is strong in him so that, that you tell your mind, mind be renewed. Quit. Stop thinking that way. Stop thinking that way. You can't think that way anymore. It's wrong. It's wrong. Mind you're saying that God is not able. God can't. God won't. God couldn't. But I, I choose to say, this is my God. This is what my God has done for me. In Psalm 103, David does the same thing. He's blessed the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And he begins to list all the benefits of God. I tell you, when you're hit with discouragement, you need to go to Psalm 103. And you need to say, I am going to begin to list out the benefits of God in my life. If you just sit down and you begin to write out, these have been the benefits of God in my life. I want to tell you, it will not take long before you begin to forget what, what has had discouraged you. It will begin to change you. You've got to control your emotions and mindset. Vital. Secondly, you must allow the Holy Spirit and God's Word to build you up. Jesus in John chapter 14, John chapter 16, 17, he, he lists, gives 12 titles of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Go, Edward, you should find that, that, uh, On the Holy Spirit, the comforter, help them, Ben. Allow the Holy Spirit and God's Word to build you up. The Holy Spirit, 12 titles, comforter, standby, advocate, intercessor, teacher, friend, guide, counselor, strengthener, leader, helper, partner. Sounds, to be, sounds like a pretty good friend, doesn't it? Sounds like a person that you need to bring encouragement into your life, doesn't it? Allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. Allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's just as simple as we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, our standby, our advocate, our intercessor, our teacher, our friend, our guide, our counselor, our strengthener, our leader, helper, partner, it's amazing. It's amazing. 
the difference that it will make in your life in that moment where you need to encourage yourself because you're relying upon the third person of the Trinity. You're relying upon the supernatural. You're relying upon that which never fails. You're relying upon that. Thirdly is this. It must become your lifestyle. must become your lifestyle of encouraging yourself. That Even during the good times that you're encouraging yourself. Because if you're not doing it during the good times of encouraging yourself, you will never be ready to encourage yourself during the tough times. You'll never be ready. Why was David the only one that was able to encourage himself? All of his mighty men, extraordinary, extraordinary men of great exploits, not one of them was able to encourage himself. Only David. Why was David able to do it? Because he did it every day of his life. He did it as a young man when he was out on the hills and shepherding and being with God and writing down the words that God would give him. and All of these things, David did it every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. I want to tell you, at your moment of trial and crisis, you'll never be able to learn fast enough to overcome if it hasn't become your lifestyle. It's too late. Does it mean that God can't redeem? God cannot resurrect? He can. He can do amazing things. But how many of you know that God wants, to, God wants us to walk in a way, God wants us to walk in a capacity that speaks of who he is, of his ways and his character. And he is a God that is an overcoming God. I want to just tell you that when you're in that point, when all of a sudden you have been just slammed with fear and discouragement, and it has not been a lifestyle to you, you'll never be able to, to learn fast enough for that moment. Hopefully you've got some people around you that can encourage you. But God wants you, wants every one of us to come to that place where we can begin to encourage ourselves. I love this. I wrote this down. It may be up there. It's, it's, it's the little quote. It's, it's that which you practice every day that becomes your weapon of deliverance. How powerful that is. Is that which you practice every day that will become your weapon of deliverance. I can't, I can't encourage you enough, guys, that what we're talking about here is something that that we walk out every day. We walk it out every day. You don't have time to study for the for the 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 the, the pop test. How I many you know that sometimes trials and things that are in life are like pop tests? You ever had those? Go to school and the teacher would say those terrible words, pull out your paper and pen. We're having a pop test, and your heart would sink, you know, because you are not ready. You have not prepared yourself. You have not read what you were supposed to read or whatever, and there is no faking it. <laughs> you don't know the answer. You ever feel like that in life? 
David was able to encourage himself because he prepared for the pop test. David practiced that thing every day and became a weapon of his deliverance, his worship, his praising of God. Then lastly, you've got to fill yourself with encouragement before you pursue the enemy, before you walk into your destiny. You take time and you fill yourself with encouragement. That's why we encourage you, listen, we have things all during the week where you can come and get filled up. Monday nights, our prayer and healing rooms, a time of coming in here where Seth and others lead in worship, and prayer, time of just soaking and getting filled up. Our Tuesday night school of ministry has been extraordinary. I can't tell you how amazing it has been on Tuesday nights here of learning the things that we're learning. We're filling ourselves up. You know, we've opened, we, we, we've opened at lunchtime every day here, oh, well, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, between 11 and 1. Every week, we've opened up where you can come in, and we've got live streaming, uh, what's happening out at IHOP, worship, prayer, and it's, just, and it's coming in here where you can be encouraged, where you can pray, where you can soak in the presence of God. It's just amazing. And I know, I know that during the week at lunchtime, it may, may not be an opportunity for a lot of you to be able to do that. But for some of you, because you may work in this area over here, you can take a lunch break and come down here and do that and take advantage of that. But there are life groups and there are other things that you can take advantage of, Sunday school and so many different things. So, amen? Let me leave you with this. Take home points here. One, that God promises everlasting encouragement. He promises everlasting encouragement. Edward, this should be the very last slide, or one of the last slides. God promises everlasting encouragement. There are three sources of encouragement, God's presence, God's people, God's promises. Another thing to take away, fear and discouragement comes many times at the doorway of your breakthrough. And you've got to practice the skill of encouragement. You take, you take authority over your emotions and your mindset by reminding yourself of God's testimonies and his benefits. You welcome the ministry of the Holy Spirit and God's word in your life. You let this encouragement become a lifestyle, and you fill yourself with encouragement. Amen? All right. Praise God. Guys, let's pray, okay? Yes. Come on, Wesley. I know it's not a coincidence that we're talking about David. And I'm going to leave this and they're going to take this on, y'all. God bless all y'all, too. Um, Psalms 139. It says, O Lord, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. 
you place your hand of blessings on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me, and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me, and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I could not hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. How powerful is that? You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as, as I was woven together in the darkness of my womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life, I was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before the single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They could not be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. It's the end, y'all. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with a total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out everything in me that offends you and lead me along the path, path of everlasting life. When he say point out everything in me that offends you, he will lead you out of anything. So all the things that we're going through in life, man, God is God is God just want to wake up with you out of it. And I just thank God for all y'all, man. Love all y'all. stand up Father we thank you Lord God the scripture that Wesley wrote, read Father that it would just sink so deep in our hearts God we thank you for that you are with us no matter where we're at you're with us that's settled it's been settled in the heavens God we thank you Father Father I pray for each and every person here today Lord that God, that they would be so filled with you, so filled with who you are and what you say. God, you're such an amazing God, a God of, you say, everlasting encouragement. God, we receive that right now. Just put your hands out and just say, God, I receive. I receive that right now, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you would enable us, help us, to grow, to walk this out, to practice this, even what we're saying today of encouraging ourselves in you. God, you are our source. God, we are, we, when we encourage ourselves, we, we come to that well of an everlasting encouragement and we just, we, 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 we lower our bucket down. We lower our soul down into that well that is filled with everlasting encouragement and we draw out that which we need every day 
every day, God. Father, I thank you, Lord. Every day that as we do that, God, that, that will become the weapon of our deliverance. Will become the weapon of our deliverance, Father. Lord, we thank you, Father, for just meeting and being with us today. And God, I pray for this these amazing people. Father, as they this week they go out and they they engage others with the love of Christ. They encounter others. Father, with, with, with the kingdom of God that lives on the inside of them, what a difference that will make. And I pray, Father, even if the enemy is there to try to trip us up, uh, to try to disillusion us and discourage us, we thank you, Lord God, that, Father, we are able to overcome. We're able to rise above because your spirit lives on the inside of us. We thank you, Lord God, that we will be men and women of a different spirit. I pray, God, men and women be like Joshua, Caleb, men and women of a different spirit. I ask that, Father, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage our our prayer, our ministry team to come up here. If you need prayer today before you leave, we would love to pray.